Hi, friends. Uh, it's been a while since I've put out some fresh teaching. I've been doing most of my teaching inside of my community, the Freedom Seekers, and also at different invitational events that I've had the pleasure to be at. But um, I thought I would do a teaching on a series I just posted on Instagram around how each type can stay with themselves uh, as their heart is breaking. And I know it's a deep topic, but well, you should know me hopefully well enough by now to know that's kind of my jam. Um, but also if the Enneagram is not something that is functional for us in these deep, painful moments, if it doesn't help us navigate some of these heartbreaking times, um, then it's not super useful, right? Um, I mean, that's great if it helps you know what kind of paint to paint your house. <laughs> I'm only saying that because I just saw a post from, I think, Sherwin-Williams on how the Enneagram can tell you what paint to paint your house. Um, but I'm more concerned with when you are in heartbreak. How can the Enneagram serve you to navigate those times with more awareness and with more connection so that it fosters healing? We know that heartbreak happens to reflect back to us parts of ourselves that we need to heal, right? Heartbreak happens um, and there holds a lesson within it. So let's talk about ways that we can be with ourselves when we are in heartbreaking situations. Because each type has a defense mechanism that it engages with uh, in order to avoid fully staying with themselves and allowing for the healing to happen. So our souls heal much like our bodies, meaning they heal spontaneously and they heal when they're being supported by us. I recently was playing tennis and I fell and I scraped up my knees and they were all bloody, felt like a little kid. It's kind of embarrassing, but it was so beautiful to me. The lesson that I learned when I watched those wounds heal. I didn't do anything to make them heal. Um, the body naturally noticed that there was a wound and sent automatically to that wound everything that was needed for it to heal. All I did was made sure that I was eating properly, getting enough sleep, keeping the wound clean, but I was just supporting the body and then the body did its own work to heal. Now, I certainly could have interfered with the healing process. I could have continued banging my knees on the ground every day, which would re-injure that wound. Um, I could have, I don't know, gotten lots of dirt in it that would bring an infection. So there are certainly things that I could do to impair the healing process. But as long as I supported my body, my body was going to heal it automatically. That's what our bodies do. And that's what our souls do as well. When we experience a wound, as long as we are supporting our souls and staying present in the moment to what is happening, our souls will naturally heal. I think it's when we imagine or we fear that our souls aren't going to heal, that we start to try and move out of the space needed for the healing. We try to move away from the pain. We try to suppress or reject 
or deny the pain. We try to transform it artificially into something else that we want it to be. And actually in doing so, we, we keep the pain longer. It lingers. We, we get in the way of the soul's natural healing process. So it's only when we trust that our souls know how to heal and will heal that we can support our souls by staying with a safe space for our souls to do the healing, staying present, allowing the body, heart, and mind to all be engaged in the healing process. We don't really have to make it happen. We allow it. We allow it when we allow ourselves to feel what is there, when we support ourselves to be fully present. So let's start with type ones. Type ones, my encouragement to you when you feel uh, your heart is breaking is to allow yourself to feel everything without judging whether or not you should. You see type ones engage in what's called reaction formation, which means they'll feel an emotion bubbling up from the body and they'll stop it before it comes out in order to decide whether or not it is permitted to be felt. When type ones do this, they cut themselves off from their own truth. And they cut themselves off from authenticity and the ability to be with themselves as they are. And when type ones cannot be with themselves as they are, and they need to judge their emotions first, they cut themselves off from being able to fully process and heal and let the pain pass through, and so it gets trapped in the body. It's a constriction. So if we're going with the wound illustration, the only way that my wounds can heal is if blood can flow to the wound, bringing the white blood cells, bringing the platelets that are needed. If I tighten and cut off that part of my body from the rest of my body, then no healing flow can reach it. Type ones, when you constrict and cut off your emotions and your truth from yourself, no healing can flow to it. So my encouragement to you is to breathe, allow, stay with yourself, expand your capacity to be with the discomfort, let go of your need to be right. And when you do that, you allow yourself instead to be human. Only when you're human and fully connected with your heart, body, and mind, do you allow that broken heart to begin to heal. All right, type twos. Type twos, allow yourself to feel your own heart breaking and not get lost in how the other person might be feeling. So twos repress their own emotions and they orient instead to the emotions and needs of others. They feel that if they can make others feel better, then they will somehow feel better. But this isn't true. When type twos try to help and care for others from a place of deep heartbreak, they subconsciously perpetuate the lie that they're not held that they're not loved and that they're not cared for because they themselves are self-neglecting. They themselves through the repression and denial of their own emotions and their own pain and their own needs are telling themselves, I don't care about you. I care about everyone else. And so 
the desire of the heart is constantly unfulfilled because the twos do not have the capacity to give to themselves what their hearts actually need. When type twos can allow themselves to feel their own heartbreaking and turn inward and care for themselves as they would care for others, this self-nurturing in and of itself is a healing balm. In and of itself allows that flow of healing to come in to the type two's heart. All right, type threes. Type threes, I encourage you to allow yourselves to fall apart and not need to strategize how you are going to fix it. Threes can turn anything into a project. So when a type three really lets themselves feel their heart breaking, it can send them into numbness because it feels hopeless. And for a type three that feels like they need to bring hope to every situation and fix everything that's wrong and turn water into wine and bring all the successful conclusions, the acknowledgement that there's nothing left to do but feel the heartbreak can be devastating and disorienting for a type three. There has to be something I can do. There has to be something I can do. I can fix it. And so threes, they have this identification of themselves as a hero. So they often want to rush into making a master plan to take over the world and save the day and have a strategy. I know I'll do therapy two times a week, not just once a week. I'll join a healing course. I'll read five books on healing a broken heart. This keeps type threes from being with themselves in truth. Type threes notice when you want to outwork your pain. You cannot outwork your pain. Truth is the only place from which we can experience authentic healing. Your healing will be a facade if you try to outwork your pain. So only when you allow yourself to sink in and be with your heart, will you allow that healing flow to come. (sighs) Type fours, allow yourself to feel what is here without needing to heighten the emotion. So type fours, when they're wounded, move quickly into introjection. When their heart breaks, this means they heighten and amplify all that hurt them. In order to confirm their worst fear that they are broken beyond repair, forever doomed to a life of disconnection and abandonment. So it's almost like if a knife kind of scraped them, they'll take the knife and stab it all the way in. They'll heighten and and confirm their worst fears. And when they do this, they're not actually living in their authenticity, which is a high value for type fours. So there's this feeling of dissonance because a four is not actually living in authenticity when they heighten. They're living in a delusion, but this delusion feels better than being with what is actually true. And here's why, because if I heighten my pain, then I'm at least in control of it. And being in control of my pain, even if that makes it more painful, feels safer than to be with the truth of the pain that is actually here. 
But when type fours can be with themselves in authenticity and not heighten, then they have access to their full range of emotions and their full presence. My full presence is with myself as I truly am. And when my full presence is here, then I can feel into the inherent wholeness of myself. When type fours heighten their emotional reactivity, it confirms that they are broken and flawed and, and not whole and not connected. But when they bring their presence to what is actually true, they sense their wholeness. Even though it's painful, they let go of the need of controlling the pain and they let the pain be what it is. And they know that they are whole, which is the longing of the type four to begin with. All right, type fives. Type fives, you need to allow yourself to feel even before the pain makes sense. So type fives will detach from their emotions when the pain starts to get intense. And this instinct is to rationalize it. If my pain makes logical sense, then it gets to stay. But if it doesn't, if there seems to be no reason for the emotions, then why feel it? And fives can almost make it, just make a decision. I'm not going to feel it. It doesn't make sense. Here's the problem. Pain doesn't always make sense. Our bodies are not always feeling things that our rational minds can understand, especially not in the moment. Later, we may be able to rationalize it. Later, we may be able to look at it and understand. But in the moment, our rational minds can't understand the, the bigness of the pain or where it's coming from. So type fives, when you require things to make sense first, you're cutting off an entire center of intelligence. Actually, maybe two centers of intelligence. See, systematically cutting off the body and the heart centers, it leaves type fives feeling that they are constantly missing some information. And you are. But type fives take that feeling of missing information and keep searching for it intellectually. When in reality, the information that you're missing lies in the very emotions that you're detaching from. So type fives, let yourself feel. And when you do that, you will finally know. Know in full. All right, type six. Type six, I want to encourage you to allow yourself to feel what is in the present and not try to figure out what it might mean for the future. You see, type sixes in an effort to remain supported and safe can immediately move into whose fault is this and how do I keep myself from feeling this way again in the future? So sixes will project their own pain onto someone else through the blame game. And that might feel satisfying in the short run, but it keeps type sixes from being present to their own pain. You see, discharging anger or responsibility for our own heartbreak is not embodying the courage that sixes are meant to embody. It takes the pain that the type six is feeling and turns it into an external problem that the type six feels they can distance themselves from. 
but we can't distance ourselves from our own hearts. And in fact, if we try to do so, we disconnect from our own intuition. And that leaves the type six feeling a massive lack of internal support. And that internal support is all that a broken heart really longs for. All right, type sevens. Allow yourselves to acknowledge that you are not okay. And that's okay. Type sevens typically can only find heartbreak bearable if they rationalize it and turn it into a silver lining or find some upside or some solution, some quick solution. When type sevens jump here too quickly, they risk missing being there for themselves in the way that they have always longed for someone to be there for them. Type sevens can fear that their emotions will be too big, too much, too overwhelming. And the solution is to find it quickly. Anything that is not okay, let's transform it into something that feels okay or run into an external a solution, an external distraction. And yet, our hearts long to be seen and supported and held, especially when they're broken. So to leave the heart behind in this time creates a deep dissatisfaction that leaves sevens constantly longing for that which only they can provide. The pull to find an external solution leaves sevens missing the fact that the solution is held within yourself, within your own braveness and courage to be with yourself just as you are. When you find that courage, you find that you are enough for yourself and you feel deeply satisfied in your own healing. All right, type eights. I invite you to allow yourself to feel and notice where you want to deny how deeply it hurts. See, for a type eight to even experience heartbreak means that they have allowed themselves to open up, to let the innocence of their hearts be seen. And in that tender space, they experience the very thing that they fear. Their heart was not tended to. It was not seen, it was not protected, and it was not nurtured. It was not met with equal intensity and connection. And so what feels safe to the type eight in this space is to deny how hurt they are, to puff up and reassure themselves that it's fine, or to puff up and lash out against the injustice of the offense, to cut off and move on quickly. And while these actions may be the right thing to do, if they're not also combined with a tender turning in and an allowing for the fullness of the pain to be felt and the presence to stay with their hearts while it bleeds and while it heals, then the type eight might miss an opportunity to continue to show to their hearts that their innocence deserves respect, even from themselves. When the eight takes their heart and offers it and it's not met, 
then what that heart needs is for the eight themselves to meet their own hearts, to be with their own hearts and hold themselves while it's bleeding, while it's healing, while it's in pain. Again, expanding that capacity to being with their own pain in a way that stays present to it rather than denying that it feels. And finally, type nine, I invite you to allow yourself to feel as sad as you are without needing to balance yourself by considering another perspective. See, type nines crave balance above all else. And balance in their experience of themselves means that they never let themselves feel too happy or too sad. When they feel themselves moving into an emotion that is too intense, they will immediately tell themselves a story that will bring a balancing perspective in order to pull themselves back into their middle emotional capacity. This story lulls nines into a false peace. When this peace continues to feel threatened, and it will, type nines will quickly move into numbing actions. They will lose themselves in someone else's issues or a movie or a book they will find anything outside of themselves that will allow for a disconnect from the intensity of emotion that they're trying to avoid. So type nines, when you allow yourself to drift asleep to yourself, you lose the very thing that you long for most of all, connection. Stay awake, stay connected, stay human. Only when you stay in this place of connected humanity do you allow for the flow of healing to come in and actually genuinely, truly bring a peace that surpasses circumstance, a peace that exists in the middle of heartbreak. There can be peace and pain at the same time. Peace comes when we let go of control. Okay, so that's the teaching on each type and how they can be with themselves in the middle of heartbreak. This is a heavy teaching. My encouragement to you is to tend to yourself, even as you're feeling this, even as you're engaging with this teaching, what is it bringing up for you? Do you want to turn this off and run away? Do you want to dive in and really feel it? Do you want to argue with me intellectually? Whatever is coming up, just notice and observe. Huh, this teaching is triggering something in me. And start to get curious around why. What about this teaching makes me uncomfortable? What about this teaching is challenging my normal ways of thinking and experiencing the world? What about this teaching um, is making me want to defend or armor up or withdraw? All of that is useful information for you as you continue to observe yourself and be with yourself and allow for that flow. When we're armored up and defensive, again, that's a constricted posture that keeps healing from flowing. You are healing always. The question is, are you open and relaxed to let it flow? Or are you constricted, afraid, and armored up? 
and keeping it from happening as quickly and fully as it could. Our work is not to make ourselves heal, but to simply get out of our own way. And heartbreak is a beautiful space for that healing to flow, but it's also a space where we really want to armor up because it's so much pain. So be gentle with yourself. Love yourself through this. Staying present to ourselves in heartbreak is a form of self-love, is a form of showing ourselves that we respect us, that we respect our pain, that we respect our humanity. And when we do that, we have everything we need to heal. Thanks for watching.